Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast you really don't want to miss. I'm Suzanne Harris, and you're about to get a peek at what goes on behind the scenes with a particular author. You're going to find out their secret recipe for creating their book. Who knows, you might even get an inside scoop on a new project. And if you want to know more about them or about their work, we'll tell you where you can find them on social media. Joining me today is Mike Prather. Mike is here to talk about his book, The Indentured. Now, Mike is a multi-talented guy. He and I have just been chatting and having the best time before we turned on this microphone. He is an author, a preacher, a teacher, an engineer, a songwriter, a singer, a historian, a brother, a father, a friend, and he served in the United States Air Force. He spent his formative years in southern Ohio, and he was strongly influenced by the culture of the Appalachian people, and he's never forgotten those roots. But he's learned and experienced a lot since leaving his home, so his combination of experience and his roots bring a rich backdrop to his writing. Mike, what a pleasure to welcome you to Books on Air. First of all, thank you for your service, and it's just a pleasure to talk with you. Well, thank you, and after listening to all of that, is that really all that I've done? You know, it's like, uh, that's pretty amazing, you know? When I saw that in the on the bio page, I thought, I have got to use this. I can't resist. It's just too good. I mean, all of those things, that, that's pretty impressive. And the fact that you've been in the Air Force, I mean, this is just kind of amazing. I looked at that. It, and is, I, it is fun, isn't it? It is fun, yes. And... You know, I'm always curious. That's one of the reasons I think that I enjoy doing these podcasts so much is because I'm just that curious kitty cat. I'm always wondering something about the person that I'm talking with. And one of the things that I always wonder is how did the writer become the writer? Because there's always a backstory. Sometimes it's it's something simple. Sometimes the person simply was a reader as a child and they were influenced by an author or a particular work. Sometimes there's a creative spark that's recognized by a professor or a teacher, and writing is encouraged. And sometimes there's an event. Something happens in their life that's so dramatic or cataclysmic or positive for them that they just feel almost compelled to share it with the world. So, Michael... What is the backstory behind you starting to write? I think that's a great question. Uh, what's interesting is, and this goes all the way back to my formidable years when I was in grade school, I had this wonderful teacher. Her name was Mrs. Romine. And um, up till Mrs. Romine, I was a professional school skater. I could skate through classes I learned just enough to make it happen, and this woman saw something in me. I still don't know what it is, but she saw it. And she was able to draw out of me um, the characters that should make me more accountable myself. And what's interesting is we were in class, and we read a story about the indentured servants that came to America. I didn't realize that this would have 
any real impact upon me, but I, I was intrigued by the story. Fast forward many years later, and I come to find out that my own great ancestor, Thomas Prater, came to America as an indentured servant in 1622 to Elizabeth City, Virginia. And to look at his life, now remember, he was gentry class. He wasn't what we would call the uh, royalty, which so many people want to have. He was gentry class, but even in class relationships, if you will, the oldest brother got everything and poor Thomas got nothing. And so he came as that indentured servant to America, uh, and his reward for five years of service would be $50 and uh, five acres or 50 acres of land, something of that nature. And that's where he etched out a living here in America, and the Prater ancestry has moved on since then. In fact, I think they said 90% of the Praters can actually trace back their heritage to Thomas Prater. And that explains the title of the book, which was, of course, sure my does. first question, because I was curious. I thought, all right, this is, I know indentured servant, this is an interesting title for a book. Why the word indentured? And you've just explained everything. That makes perfect sense. Now, this book is Christian historic fiction, right? Mm-hmm. So. With a little bit of romance thrown into it, because, oh, come on, let's, let's be serious. If you don't have romance, you don't have really a book. Well, that's true. You, you, you'll get more readers <laughs> if you have a little romance in you there. you get more readers. <laughs> yeah. A book like that, though, requires research. You can't just sit down and start to put that. Well, you can, but it doesn't work very well. You can't just sit down and start putting things on the page. You have to know a little bit about the time period. It's pretty obvious to me that you have done some copious research to get this right, because in the beginning of the book, you really take the time to explain what this time period looks like. How long did it take you to do your research and how did you do it? Believe it or not, it's taken probably a good 10 years to research everything out. And I know a lot of people say, well, what do you mean 10 years? I, I lived in England for a while. Uh, of course, thankfully, because of the Air Force, I lived in Germany for three years. Um, I had visited other countries throughout Europe and also in Africa. And everywhere you go, you pick up a little bit more and put it in your pocket, if you will. I remember I had a college professor one time said, get all you can and can all you get. And basically what he was saying is, is don't forget the lessons that you learn. And surprisingly, we, we have these mentalities, mainly because of what Hollywood already demonstrates, that um, this is the way it was, when if you go back and research it, you realize that it wasn't that way at all. For instance, the ship wheel, what we call the steering wheel on a ship or, you know, the helms person. They did not have steering wheels till about 1800. And so you had the whip staff, which was just a rod in which you controlled the rudder from a standing position. Something that simple will take the average person say, well, what in the world is that? And go back and try to research it for themselves. So the titles, the names, the maps. It, there's Thankfully, with the Internet, we can do it a lot quicker. But still, if you want it to be accurate, you even have to 
verify the source that you look up on the Internet to make sure that the information is correct. Now, did you include a little of your Prather family history in this book? Originally, I was going to. Originally, I was going to put that in there. And in fact, I had used the name Prather in the book. And I had that. Uh, the, the people that were doing the editing, I said, it really has no place. Take it out. And of course, my heart fell in my chest. <laughs> and so I removed it. But the reality is, is that there's a lot of embellishment, you know, on my part to the main character, which is uh, later on his name is Jonathan Devine, about his character and what he would have faced. And of course, when you think about it, you're just on the verge of the Industrial Revolution. And so, so much of what's happening is the ancient culture, or if you will, what people faced in the 17th century what they would have dealt with. And then also do more research to those people that came to America. What were their living? What was their styles? What were their talents? What were their needs? Why did we, when did they come to America? And so when you begin to research that, well, I'll give you this. Thomas Prater being Gentry probably knew very little about what it would take to be a farmer, mm. or to uh, you know, even be a shepherd or a cattleman or anything of this nature. And so those people that did come with talents were highly sought after and favored. That's one of the reasons I had to put a little bit of twist in the plot to make the main character a worthy individual to come to America. Let's go ahead and give the listeners an overview of what the book is about. Okay. The, the book in itself, and in fact, and what was interesting is that when the book was professionally uh, read and quoted, there was a lot of question about why I wanted it to be so moral. And the reality is, is that it's a moral book. But the people that came to America in the early 1600s were moral character. We can think of the pilgrims. We can think about the standard that they brought, the Quakers, and what they brought, the, the Catholics that came into Maryland. I mean, there was all these standards that they wanted to bring to America with them. And so you didn't have a lot of rape. You didn't have a lot of things that we face today, the, the cheating, because there was no cheating. There wasn't anything that they could do like that. So I wanted to focus on that moral character because we need that today. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, I then also focused upon the talent. So you take this individual, a young boy who only knew how to be a dairyman, and, he, and his father sought to bring him out of that class. Because now remember is that it would have been passed on from father to son. This is what you're going to be the rest of your life. And he was able to move from that class into... A, a, a skilled class, if you will. So he learned to be a blacksmith, later on a silversmith, later on, you know, understanding more about metallurgy and things of this nature. And once he became that silversmith, he became sought after for his talents. And that allowed him to change his name, to come America, um, you know, to be different with his style and to be sought after. And, of course, the twists and turns to where 
he was learning about himself. And that's the one thing that we all need to do. How do we learn about ourselves? How do we become better at who we are? And, you know, there's so much in our lives today where people are going to say, I don't know who I am. I, I, I have this fear. I have that fear. I don't know if I can make it happen. This main character had those same fears. And yet, because of the people that were around him, was able to rise above who he thought he was and become more the man that he became even throughout his life. That makes sense? Certainly. And it's fascinating. You're so good at this. Um, who is the target audience? Who were you thinking about? Who's going to read this book, do you think? I would love for this to be more of a family, uh, family style book. Uh, this is one, and I'll tell you how uh, I graded my own success. I would sit down with my grandchildren or my children and I would read a chapter from the book. And if I could keep them enticed with the book, then I knew I was on the right course. And uh, my granddaughter, uh, one of my older granddaughters, she said, that is so interesting, Grandpa. And I knew that I had um, gotten to her. And she loved that that kind of storyline. And uh, the same thing holds true with the book that I'm working on now. I read it to my grandsons. And uh, as they read it or as I've read it to them, they have really, they would sit there and they're mesmerized by the story. And that really is the target audience. Because think about this. If we can instill value and things into the younger generation and get the parents involved where they can ride along with the story, kind of puts us all together as a family once more. Oh, you're absolutely right. And of course, as a former teacher, whenever I hear you talking about history and I hear you talking about this book, my brain just goes, just explodes with ideas because you could take a book like this. Yeah, you could either use it um, in a a Sunday school setting or you could use it in a history Mm -hmm. class setting or you could use it just at home if you homeschool your kids or even if you don't. You, You could read this. You could actually use Google Earth, you know, go to the places that are mentioned in the book, it's it's history. So these are real places, some of them at least, not all of them, but some of them are real. And then look, look back at history, look at and see exactly what you're talking about. How did this really work? How did society work? I mean, it just, there are so many different things that you could do. And then you could almost do, and here's Use the English teacher. Uh, you could almost do a comparison contrast paper. You could almost think mm-hmm. about John as a as a character, and think about what his values were, where he came from, what his life was like, and then pick some sort of modern character. They could even choose someone from a movie if they wanted to, and then do a comparison yes. or a contrast of the two characters. So a book like this can be used in so many ways. And I'm sure that we have gotten the attention of our listeners and they're saying, okay, 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 where can I find this? So let me tell them about where they can find it. Amazon is the big marketplace where this book lives along with many others. So if you've never worked with Amazon and you're really not sure how to do that, it's very simple. You just type in your browser at the top of your computer screen. It's a that little square thing, that little r- long rectangular thing. Just type in www.amazon.com and click on it. 
and it brings you to the Amazon homepage. Now, when you get to their homepage, you'll find another search feature. There's a really big, long, sort of a light gray, empty box that you can type in the name of the book and the author. Now, let me give that to you and let me spell it for you. The name of the book is The Indentured, and it's spelled I-N-D-E-N-T-U-R-E-D by Mike, M-I-K-E, Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R. If you type that into the search feature and click on it, the book comes right up. And if you look in the upper right-hand corner, there's a you'll see a representation of the cover. And in the upper right-hand corner, you see the words, Look Inside. If you've never been to one of these sites, you don't even know what that means. If you just click on that, the book opens electronically. And you will see the table of contents, and then you'll be able to read a really, really nice excerpt of the book. They did a really nice job with the excerpt that they put in for you. And you can order it on that page as well. But often books are available in other places besides Amazon. Mike, are there other places that they could pick up the indentured? Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, Barnes & Noble carries it as well. Uh, you can order it on their website, and uh, it has been in some of their bookstores. Also, ChristianBook.com uh, also carries it, which is very valuable to me because they recognize it as Christian material. And anyone, like you just said, especially if you're homeschooling or and if you're a Christian homeschool family and you're looking for something that they could do a book report or whatever. This is a great area for them to go to. I do know that, like, if uh, your listeners are from another country, I know that uh, Booktopia also carries it. It's really just all over the place. Uh, Kobo has it as well as you can uh, download the audio version through Google Playbooks. The book is well written. I'm not just saying that to flatter you. The book is very well written. When you first begin to read the first page, you immediately, because of your skill with prose, I immediately fall into the 17th century, and there I am with John. And I'm sort of looking around, and and you've given me so many details about especially the ways that the society works and what's going on. You've really done a wonderful, wonderful job with the book. Um, Thank you. Now, you have a website. Very simply, it's www.michaelprater.com. And if you go to michaelprater.com, even if you just put it in the search bar, it'll come straight up. And uh, that is actually managed by the company that I went through, Westbow Press. And uh, they've done a great job as well. And anything I ask of them, if they want to tweak it or whatever... And I, this is the way it came immediately from them as soon as I pushed the book out. So there's places there if people want to get onto my email list or they can go to my Facebook and follow along as well. I mean, there's just so many opportunities through those uh, connections. Now, you said Facebook. Let's give them your Facebook address as well. Well, my name is actually Charles Michael Prater. And a lot of people say, why don't I use the name Charles? And, you know, when I'm writing, am I ashamed of it? And the answer is no. <laughs> uh, 
my father's name is Charles Raymond Prater. I'm Charles Michael Prater. My son is Charles Anthony Prater. My grandson is Charles Julian Prater. So we've all agreed that we would uh, use our little names, except that it's, is, uh, of course, to be with the Lord. Instead of being Charles One, Charles Two, Charles Three, and Charles Four. <laughs> And and what's funny is my grandson is already telling me, he says, now, when I get married, Grandpa, we're coming up with a name for the next Charles. I said, okay, whatever works for you. But if you look on the face, Facebook, of course, uh, the, the capture is charles.m.prater. You've also got a really exciting new project that's in the fingers crossed stages of work. Tell me about this screenplay that, that you may be writing. So it's been approached to me by a couple of different uh, individuals, different companies, to turn this book into a screenplay. Now, like anything else, is you know it's a gamble. You know, you can put a lot of effort, a lot of work into it, and it goes nowhere, but it's, it's an acceptable gamble. And so uh, looking to uh, changes over to a screenplay, which means editing my own work, which is very difficult to do because it, as far as I'm concerned, everything is important, <laughs> but editing it to where that it's not a 15-hour drama, but instead uh, having excerpts. So the writers or the, the producers that are interested in the book have either thought about using it as a TV series or make it into a movie. So what I'm doing right now is uh, working on the screenplays, and once they're copyrighted, I want to turn it over to them. So once again, it is a challenge to try to get everything corrected, but kind of exciting. Oh, I am just thrilled for you. That is just such exciting news. Please keep me in the loop and let me know what's happening with this. I mean, I just, I just think this is so exciting. Mike, when the listener becomes a reader and they purchase a copy of the book and they sit down and they either read it themselves or they share it with their family or share it with someone else. And when they finish the book, turn that last page, read it for the very last time and close the cover either electronically or physically. What do you want them to take away from the book that it's really just a, a good story, or is there another message that you'd like to leave with the listener slash reader? That's a very good question. And uh, one of the things that I wanted with this book more than anything was never to give up hope. And when you think about it, everything that we see, especially in this world today, is almost a hopelessness. Whenever you take a look at uh, a world, everyone is thinking that I, I have nothing else to live for, therefore I might as well just go ahead and stop life. But that's not been the mentality of people that came to this country from the beginning. Those that came here looked for opportunity, and people still come to the America shores for opportunity. They are hoping to find uh, just that little bit of success that can come their way. And by God's grace, those that have come to our country have found that. Not everyone has become rich, but everyone has found the joy of freedom. And more than anything, that's what we want to see is the new beginnings, the new start, 
and to embrace the hope that I hope everyone can enjoy in this world. And right now, Mike, that is such an important message. We all need hope. We're in the middle of something that none of us ever expected to be in the middle of, and many people are losing hope. So thank you for giving us that very positive message. And it has been an absolute pleasure, seriously, to talk with you. I have enjoyed this very much. Thank you so much for being my guest today on Books on Air. And thank you so much for this opportunity as well. I hope all the best for you as well. Thank you very much. And listeners, remember, you can pick up a copy of Mike's book, The Indentured, I-N-D-E-N-T-U-R-E-D, by Mike Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R, on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. This podcast is also available on iTunes as well as iHeartRadio. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join our next Books on Air podcast because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.